I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Sakshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of All Things Policy. I am your host, Apurv Kumar. Even though the number of COVID cases in India uh, is declining and our lives are returning back to normalcy, there are few issues around the pandemic that are either under-researched or not talked about quite often. Uh, and one of those issues is mental health during and after the pandemic in India. The subsequent lockdowns, social distancing, isolation, loss of lives and livelihoods, more importantly, uh, all these factors have triggered a mental health epidemic in India. To talk about the topic and some of the policy solutions that can address the issue, I have with me today Aarti Ratnam. Aarti is an associate program manager at Takshashila Institution, and she manages the postgraduate program in public policy. Uh, welcome, Aarti. Hi, Apoor. Thank you so much for having me. If you are interested in topics such as these and public health in general and uh, impacts of COVID-19, then we then Takshashila is running a short course on evidence-based policy making for responding to COVID-19. This is a four-day course uh, which is stretched over two weekends and introduces the participants to the various public policy aspects of managing and recurring COVID-19 waves. The last date to apply for this program is 17th October. The webinars will be conducted on 23rd, 24th, 30th and 31st October. The link to join and enroll for this program is there in the description below. So, all right, Aarti, let's get started. So, we'll, we'll begin with some of the germane issues, Aarti, about the issue and then we'll go into detail. All right. So, help us understand about the causes of mental health in India especially in the aftermath of pandemic and subsequent lockdowns. How has you know pandemic and these lockdowns impacted our lives and how have they impacted our, our mental well-being uh, in particular? Yeah, so before I get into the effect of the pandemic, I just want to talk about the mental health situation in India even before the pandemic. Um, so according to a study in 2019 done by the WHO, nearly 7.5% of the Indian population suffered from mental health disorders. And there are various reasons why this has happened and also the fact that there isn't enough of data. So we don't even know the true extent of how mental health is in India. So one of the biggest problems is a lack of data. And secondly, there is so much of stigma around mental health. People are afraid of speaking up because of fear of judgment or fact that nobody will understand. And also the reality is that there isn't enough of investment in this sector and there aren't enough of healthcare professionals in this field. The reality is that there, for every 100,000 people, there is only one psychiatrist. So with this backdrop, if you look at the effect of the pandemic, it's obviously much, much worse than what you can imagine. So one, some of the factors could be because of fear. A lot of healthcare professionals have labeled it as the fear 
It could be the fear of getting COVID, the fear of losing a loved one because of COVID, or just the general fear of the unknown and just so much uncertainty. The second factor that could affect mental health at a time like this is unemployment. As you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs and it's difficult to support a family when when you lose your job and there's so much of financial instability. And third could be social isolation and loneliness because we've all spent so much of time indoors. So the lack of human contact or any sort of communication has obviously affected a lot of people's mental health. And finally, another factor would be stress, especially for healthcare professionals. They're overworked and a lot of them are underpaid as well. So just that extra burden at a time like this is also detrimental to mental health. Right, Aarti. I think it's a, the, the phrase that you have used is, is quite uh, pertinent and uh, interesting, ferrodemic. I just wanted to understand, has this pandemic affected vulnerable communities differently? And when I say vulnerable communities, I'm referring to women and children. Help us understand how this isolation and, you know, the, the, the fear has affected women and children, especially women who were are not supposed to step out of their house because some of the research says that the domestic violence, the instances of domestic violence has increased. So could you just shed some light on this aspect? Yeah, absolutely. So according to a study um, done by the National Commission of Women, India recorded a 2.5 time increase in domestic violence during the first half of 2020. And this was during the first lockdown. So the number of cases of domestic violence has significantly increased during the lockdown last year as well as this year. So it certainly affected women and children in that sense. Also, women have are more likely to have lost their jobs. During the first lockdown, only 7% of men lost their jobs compared to 47% of women. So the lockdown has also affected women in terms of job insecurity. And finally, even in terms of the number of women who have registered to get a vaccine, in rural India, only 17% 17 more men have been partially or fully vaccinated compared to women. And this could be because of so many myths that are going around. The fact that the vaccine could affect female fertility or even the fact that women are not allowed to go out on their own and they require a male companion. So the lockdown has certainly affected women in a lot of ways. And coming to children, in under normal circumstances in itself, the reality is that one in four children within the age group of 13 to 15 in India suffer from depression. And nearly 50% of mental health disorders develop by the age of 14. And at a time like this, when children are spending so much more time at home and not understanding the true effect of the pandemic, of course, it's going to affect their mental health so much more. And for the rural population, it's even harder because according to the uh, to a, a UN Women Data report that was published, 67% of parents who were surveyed were reluctant to send their girl childs back to school and instead resorted to child marriage because it just saved costs for them. So clearly you can see that the pandemic has affected certain communities more than the others. Right. And it's like quite alarming. The, the data and the, the, the statistics that you are quoting is quite alarming because before pandemic, the infrastructure, the care providers for 
for mental health is is quite limited as you pointed out in your opening remark in 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 india and uh, post pandemic or during the pandemic the situation has worsened so the our, our public health systems or health systems in general they have a lot to catch up when it comes to mental health issues definitely great uh in the article that you have written uh, as solutions that can address the mental health crisis in india and especially with in the context of a child's mental health you've yeah. talked about building coalitions could yeah. you explain what these coalitions look like yeah um so it's not i i strongly believe that it's not enough um just to have welfare schemes done by the government i think it requires more holistic um environment and i think that begins with including mental health as part of an academic curriculum at schools because children spend so much of time at school i think to have that literacy about mental health would be extremely beneficial for children because that way you can grow up from a young age being comfortable to talk about mental health and that way you can prevent any issues from developing you know before it becomes a bigger issue so i think one of the first coalitions should be with with academic institutions secondly i think more research needs to be done there is a staggering lack of data and because of that there there just doesn't seem to be a problem because there isn't enough of data to back up the fact that mental health is an issue in india so i think the second coalition should be with research institutions and third i think family care pro- providers i think there definitely should be more people who get more involved in the sector even with in terms of like people getting into psychiatry or psychology or counseling i think you definitely need more people involved in this sector because that way you can destigmatize conversations around mental health And finally I think you need to set up more community support groups it can be with uh, even amongst friends and family just to have these conversations more openly should be the first step I think instead of looking at it as a larger scale on a national level I think every single conversation that you have individually will make all the difference All right, welcome back. So Arthi, while you were talking about coalitions and some of your, you know, interventions, I couldn't uh, sort of stop and think about what Dr. Vikram Patel has sort of written few years ago and has been written over the past few years. And he talks about, you know, mental health in primary care setup and he talks about task sharing in which he advocates that there has to be a a uh, uh, sort of a big cadre of people who can address mental health issues at community level and if you are uh, and if the the person or the community needs specialized interventions then uh, they can be referred to hospitals and and other care uh, centers and uh, as promised we in this part of the podcast we will talk about policy solutions and interventions Yeah. So Arthi what according to you are some of the policies solutions interventions both at you know government level or at civil society organization level or civil society level uh, that can help solve this problem Okay so one thing that caught my eye and I thought was a very good initiative um was done by the human resource and development ministry 
they launched uh, a virtual initiative called Pragatya, which basically gives guidelines on online class operations for children. So it, it, it talks about how many hours children should have for online education. I think this is very important because I don't know if, you're, if people have heard of the phrase Zoom exhaustion, but it does become quite challenging to spend hours in front of a screen. So this sort of initiative sort of regularizes how much time a child can spend online. That way, it, it prevents any sort of exhaustion and ensures that they're, they're gaining maximum from the, the time that they spend virtually. So I think this is a very good initiative. But also, in terms of the amount of budget allocation on a national level, I definitely do, do think it needs to be increased. Because despite a 7% rise in the total healthcare budget this year, there has been no increase in the allocation for the National Mental Health Program. So I think that's, that's an area that definitely needs to be addressed. Can, can you suggest one of the successful policy interventions or, or any case studies that come to your mind that have helped solve this problem and ensure mental well-being of the community? I think more than... A national policy, I am more appreciative of smaller initiatives. And I think one of the few good things the pandemic has done has it's led to an increase in the number of people speaking about mental health, the number of people seeking help. So the number of helpline services has increased, the number of support groups has increased, and there's just been an overall increase in an awareness about mental health issues. And I think that's one. And I, I don't think that really is a large-scale policy, but I, I'm very appreciative of the fact that individuals are taking that initiative to make a change at a key time like this. And I think, like I said, individual efforts, smaller conversations will in turn start adding up to make a difference on the larger scale. Right, Artik. Uh, my last question to you uh, is this, and it's quite a sort of a broad, open-ended uh, question that how can we ensure that we as individuals or our society or our communities are sensitive enough to understand uh, these issues? Because in your opening remark, you talk about stigmatization. And yeah. that's a major problem that is that acts as an hindrance acts as a hindrance to this uh, to this issue. Uh, how can we sensitize our communities and our society? I think the first step would just be to talk about it and to be a good listener at the end of the day. And it's so important that you, even if you, we're so used to trying to give people solutions, trying to give people an answer. But I think it's more important to just listen because at the end of the day, I think that's what people want more, especially at a time like this, when we're so uncertain about the future, about how things are going to be. I think it's really important to just be able to listen to the other person and, and let them know that you're there to be a supportive friend or any, just as a supportive figure. I think that's the most important thing. And in turn, these sort of conversations will make all the difference. So I think it comes down to each of us to just be more attentive and be more sensitive to what the other person is going through. 
Okay, thanks Aarti and I think with that we have come okay. to an end of this conversation. Thank you so much Aarti. It was lovely talking to you and listening about this topic and and your ideas. And thank you listeners for for tuning in and we will be back with uh, another episode of All Things Policy. Thank you. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app. ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow ivm on social media the handle is at @ivmpodcasts on twitter facebook and instagram and hey if you'd like to dive into takshashila's research on technology strategy and economic affairs check us out at our twitter handle at @takshashila_inst or our website takshashila.org.in